You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we're back with our Horror Fest October Film Friday extravaganza. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Here to talk about uh, another <laughs> another classic, kind of dipping back into the, the decades, 1974. 1976. 1976, rather, mm-hmm. and I, the last one we did was uh, in the 1980s, so we love to do the oldies. Oh, for sure. You know us. But yeah, today we are talking about the classic tale of Carrie, mm-hmm. um, Stephen King's first commercial success. This one definitely made waves when it was released, and I feel like it remains a classic. Indeed. It's aged in... Even Stephen King will admit it. It has aged kind of in a weird way, but right. honestly, in my opinion, it just makes it that much better. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that this, that's the right way to put it, that it has aged in a weird way because there's elements, like when you were looking up the trivia and we'll talk about it, where it's like almost seems like a black comedy at mm-hmm. times. Um, some of the, uh, yeah, some of the characters and their motivations are sort of like, are you aren't really sure to like the full extent like what they're really intending to do or like things like that and, and yeah they do take them to the extremes mm-hmm. in a lot of cases and like we're in the middle of watching this film and you get the mother played by none other than piper laurie she is off her rocker for sure like plays the true religious zealot um just a fanaticist to the extreme oh yeah and, but then you also get um a lot of of like almost like pure sociopathic levels of manipulation from the part of Carrie's um, classmates, peers. yeah, yeah, and that's it is really messed up. So it feels like everything here is like taken to the very extreme, and like a lot of these cases, you're like thinking like um, when I was that age, I never would have even tried that. <laughs> Christmas, no, <laughs> I mean. No. No. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And it's beautiful too because it is such a simple plot. It's something that basically everyone can identify with to a certain extent, right? They've been the victim of bullying. Mm-hmm. It, everyone's been a victim of bullying at least once in their life. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't, you probably just haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've been aloof. Who goes to you? Yeah, Leslie exactly. Nielsen, Leslie Nielsen, your, your way through high school. That's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I know. It does kick off in just such a classic way, right? Where it's uh, essentially like Carrie is responsible for the loss of a volleyball game, mm-hmm. which is like, why are you even in the game in the first place if you're terrible at volleyball and this is some sort of an important game where people are going to care it's if you not. win or lose? Of course it's, it's not. It's gym. Exactly. This is my point. It's yeah. just so stupid stupid um i mean we all remember jim whether you liked it or not it's like nobody really cared that Mm. much come on i feel like that first scene too it's like you really get you almost can feel the volley of words being thrown at her she's like a a verbally abused punching bag is that the is that the the um the uh well i guess it's a pun 
it's written right in there in a way. The volley. I mean, they're playing volleyball oh, sorry, and yeah. they just start throwing throwing the, uh, that was the just... insults right at her, just throwing them up, serving them right at her in the corner. Oh, yeah. It well, works, though. It makes a lot of sense. And it continues, right? Because then we get the this very interesting montage. It's like all very like slow-mo of the girls in the change room, and they're all getting undressed and showered up and all this stuff. And Softcore porn. It basically is. And then you see Carrie. Obviously, she's alone. You see her from behind, fully nude. Um, and then you get this scene where it's like this slow washing of, of her body. And like, I feel like he is very much stressing the idea of purity and of innocence and you know what I mean? Like all the stuff. And then you get the, the blood that comes out and then that's right. when it's like the moment's ruined. And then you get the actual volley of real garbage and stuff being thrown at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has mm-hmm. she, uh, that's the most bizarre part too, because she is so sheltered because of her mother that she doesn't even understand what a period is. No, exactly. And she goes home and she's all upset. She's like, you should have told me, mama. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene right there to me was like essentially the uh, 21st century version of stoning the witch, right? And then her mother yeah. does refer to her as that later on when the telekinetic powers uh, become apparent. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I guess like she's sort of, she sort of is one in a modern, in a modern taste sense, but not just not in a negative way, but just obviously has these special capabilities. Very much so. Like and bursts the light in that first scene too. Exactly. They do a very beautiful job of the interplay of sin and purity. Um, it, a lot of the imagery, the colors, the soap is very, very much symbolic of that cleansing. You know what I mean? And, and you Absolutely. do get so much red in this movie Tons. in the lighting and then also the white that right? is the theme of the absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and and that first scene too reminded me and, and i can't remember the name of the movie you would um the one we watched in our horror studies class uh the juxtaposition of like the monstrous and the feminine the mm-hmm. idea of like um her mom was really on that one side of it right being like you know we have to pray for your sins and like getting your period is a sin and now you're basically oh you're hoop now mm, um, yeah. and then the other side of it is carrie um in a non-religious context just having these supernatural abilities she I mean she's yeah. not a witch she's a she's a woman woman <laughs> and i love this first scene because you get the transformation right away something has happened to carrie she doesn't quite comprehend it but again you're yeah you're you're totally right like barbara creed was her name and right, she had right, this theory right. and she wrote a book called the monstrous feminine and in it she does do a critique and the interplays of monstrosity and femininity and how yeah. those um amount to scenes of horror in right. a lot of pop culture references and yeah. movies and film and ginger and, snaps was the movie i was thinking oh ginger snaps right, where they play on these same themes as carrie yeah i forgot um, about that movie that'd yeah. be a great one to do it would be a good one to do oh it's so good yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you just, you got my yeah. inspiration going here. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So we, we let's just tie up this scene because Miss Eleanor is a very important figure in this movie too. She plays the gym teacher who essentially comes to Carrie's aid in the shower. And mm-hmm. um, she's the one that does kind of move the plot to the next level as far as the girl's hatred of Carrie because she does punish them so severely after the fact. And uh, right. and then you get the whole thing with Chris and Sue, who are the two most popular girls in school. Essentially, one swears to like you know like get revenge on Carrie. The other one, you're not sure if she's trying to help her or trying to just create more yeah. moments of embarrassment. Yeah, you know it what I mean. Confusing a little bit. Yeah. Um, the one and and sorry the 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 second one, the latter, the one that we were sort of confused about. Sue. Sue. Um, you just showed me an interesting clip. She auditioned for Star Wars. Is that right? 
That's very true. Yeah, that's so I, cool. I included that in some of the trivia, but yeah, yeah no, they sorry. did. I just, I just, oh man, that's just so interesting. But like, she, she, I had no idea what her motivations were at the beginning because I'd watched this movie, but I straight up forgot. She very much her facial expressions. She's a beautiful lady, like mm-hmm. very beautiful girl in this movie, and and she, you don't know, she has that opaqueness to her character, and even in the office, right when Miss Eleanor sits her and. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Bobby? No, it's not Bobby. It's Tommy. Yeah. (laughs) And he's squirming around in the chair and that makes you lean to the side of like, obviously she's plotting something. Exactly. But she won't confess and she's like, we're trying to help her, but she doesn't actually have a reason how she's helping her or why, you know what I mean? So it's all just like, hmm. Mm -hmm. But then Tommy does end up pursuing Carrie again, even though Miss Eleanor is like, don't. And mm-hmm. it's a free country, I guess. He can do what he wants. But yeah, that was interesting, hey, how he actually, he goes to her house in order to um, uh, like almost use the leverage of the fact that he's at her house to make her just say yes as quickly as possible so that she right. will go with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is very... It's suspect as well. Suspect. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to just, let's rewind a tiny, tiny bit here no. uh, back to the crazy mom. Because after that first scene, she comes home and she's all upset because Carrie's like, you know, you should have told me this. And like, yeah, yeah, should have. Exactly. Um, obviously, if this was the era of the internet and TV, she would have figured it out a long time ago instead of going to the reference section in the library. Oh, totally. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Basically, she comes home and there's this whole thing with the sin of blood and she ends up locking her daughter in this uh, this closet room with uh, Disco Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it Disco Jesus because... It literally had like these painted eyes on it that were like bulging out of its head that looked like yeah. googly eyes from the dollar store. He's always watching. I think He's that's what it's supposed to symbolize. Watching with a couple of lazy eyes after a real night of partying at the disco. Well, I don't know. But anyway, disco Jesus in the closet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a scene I forgot as well. Christ is always watching. And what it's funny too because she do, comes right? in. Lock your clo- she, <laughs> she comes into her house and she's all like, Mama, Mama. And like, I. Even before that, right before she even heads home and she's sitting outside the principal's office and Miss Eleanor is talking to the principal and is like, you know, like I kind of understand why those girls were so jeering and so merciless because it's just her period. And why, like it's all her mother's fault, obviously, because she is the way she is, a crazy religious zealot, like I said. But I love this because... When she gets back to the house, she's like, her mom's like, you're a woman now, and instantly slaps her in the face with the Bible. <laughs> Classy gal. As if, being, as if being a woman is a sin. Yeah. And then she starts to make Carrie chant, Eve was weak. Eve was weak. The sin of the blood. There's all these phraseologies that she just throws around. It's, it's it, And then literally drags her by the hair into the closet. <sighs> Like, this is just pure child torturement. Like, the, it's abuse. Like, I don't understand how she even has a hold of her but, daughter but, still. But, but this is a weird thing that came about in the end. And, like, I didn't, like, dive into a whole bunch of research about it to, like, talk about in this episode per se. But, like, I don't want to skip already to the end of the movie because, obviously, we, like, I'll, I'll, get to, I'll get back to this. Because I think there was something going on with the mom, like, more than meets the eye. More than her just being crazy. Do you think she was... In tune with the devil? I think something like that, or mm. either that, she, I mean, she had some serious psychological trauma of some kind, right? Well, like she, she did. Was, she was, like, from her husband, obviously, running away. We get that story a little later on where Carrie makes the reference, like, he ran away with a woman. She, he didn't, like, get taken away by the devil. He pieced the scene because you're a crazy bitch. Yeah. Um, and she does get into that in the end, right? Because I think her mom is just paralyzed and living with the guilt of her own perceived sins, her premarital I, sex, yeah. and how that has essentially blossomed into the devil incarnate which is carrie in her eyes right because that is the physical representation of her sin 
don't blame yourself. I mean, I suppose she does, but then it's like, oh, God, just the worst. Just the worst. Yeah. Anyway. One of my favorite scenes is when Carrie is in the library and she's confused, right? Because she's starting to notice that she can move objects and that she's doing it with her mind. Mm -hmm. And she goes to the library and she looks up um, this book. It's called The Science of Miracles. And she starts to read about telekinesis, which obviously is a central theme of this movie or the story. The idea that she can move or force objects with the sheer ability of her mind, which she realizes then that she's not the only one. She's not a freak and that she is naturalizing herself. And she does that throughout the whole movie. A Carrie... It's a very smooth transition from her being this like this really innocent, childlike, whimpering, whatever, like wants to be held by her mother, which she still does in the end. But she she just takes hold. Right. And when her mom references when she's going out to the prom, she's like, everyone will see your dirty pillows. And it's like, (laughs) no, those are breasts. And she says it like so matter of factly to her and without an ounce of shame. And to me, that speaks uh, volumes like as to her level of maturity. What a line. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. But I mean, like the juxtaposition, I mean, she, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't even believe that that was a line in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, no wonder this, I mean, you made the comment about how this actress kind of felt like it was a bit of a, it was a hard role for her because she felt she ended up laughing a lot because it was like the line. Because her character was ridiculous. And even when she says the line right after, everyone will see your dirty pillows and then take off that dress. We'll burn it together and pray for forgiveness. (laughs) Like throwing it out there as a legitimate suggestion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alternate suggestion. Prom. Or we can have the dress burning and pray for forgiveness. Like, hmm, maybe I can convince her. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, though, too, because there's mm-hmm. a pretty important scene right before this. Yeah. And it's when they're having supper. And Carrie has been asked to the dance by Tommy. She's going to go. She's already said yes. And she's sitting across from her mother. And on the wall is a very fantastic depiction of the Last Supper. Right. There's a lot of obviously like very overt religious symbology and references and all this stuff but the last supper right come on Mm. before the the before the the dance before the dance (laughs) yeah before the um the persecution right and i love this too because this is the scene where carrie confronts her mother and reveals her powers to her and that's when her mother starts to lose it even more And Carrie ends up leaving the house after throwing her mother onto the bed repeatedly using her mind Mm -hmm. and says, stay there and I will be back early. Right. And so she goes to the dance. (laughs) Meanwhile, her mom's just losing it. I love that scene where she's like chopping the carrot and she just like chops a quarter of it, chops another half of it off and then the carrot falls off and she's just (laughs) chopping the wood. Be like, it's going to take you a while to make that stew at this rate. Very much so. Yeah. I don't know if that's what she's going for. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway. Do you want to get into the dance? Yeah, sure. Let's get into the dance. Okay. Um, kind of a hard scene to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, especially it kind of reminded me at times of like a clover field. There was a ton of spinning. There was like a 45 second rotating camera sequence there that I literally had to turn my head away because I was starting to get dizzy. Actually, yeah. <laughs> at one point at the dance. Oh, and yeah, um, it's very hard to watch. That They actually did that by... Um, 
placing the two actors on a platform that was spinning in one direction and then the camera uh, was going in the other direction. So sense. it was very much exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a very interesting scene too because that's when they finally get up to dance before then Carrie is too right. afraid. Well, I, I feel like that and, and that spinning sequence is kind of a, meant to represent in my mind the idea that this is this experience is very much like a dream sequence for Carrie. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is a, and she makes... Uh, comments throughout the night like oh it feels like i'm on mars or something Mm -hmm. like that like it is completely and abjectly foreign like you'd have no idea what this is exactly um yeah it's totally bewildering which is absolutely like devastatingly sad when you think about it right yeah like this movie is extremely sad it really is and it's just glossed over with john travolta being john travolta in his (laughs) first role and uh you know like death and destruction and a lot of blood blood a lot of blood oh we should get into that scene how disturbing is that for a group of high school kids to break into a pig farm and not steal the blood of already dead pigs you're just gonna go ahead and massacre a pig like to me that is way more messed up than even like breaking into a hospital and stealing like bags of donated blood which is also extremely messed up it is but like i mean to to go in and be like, we need some blood, but we don't have any. Let's massacre. <laughs> it's like, great idea, guys. That sounds easy. And it's and all clean. the idea hmm. of Chris. Chris is the psycho main psycho. Yeah, for sure. It's it's all her idea. She's the one that basically manipulates Travolta in the car, right? She's like, all like, oh my god, we're not doing anything. We're not fooling around. But wait a second, I oh, I really hate Carrie. I'm gonna go down on you slowly and then ask you to do something. It's like, oh, classic classic classy gal very Um, much yeah no super manipulative and just absolutely insane and i think it was not necessarily carrie per se but her friends not going with her that really turned it right it was it was more so like if because when they're all doing the jumping jacks and she's like guys and they're like shut the hell up yeah Um, sue says that specifically yeah and then sue is the one that basically turns around and actually tries to help carrie supposedly and almost makes it almost does almost made it and you even even right up to the moment where she's like you know she's at her home and she's like oh what time is it and they're they're eating dinner all together and she like gets up to leave and you're like oh shoot what kind of what kind of plan does she have you know what i mean and then she's literally just waiting just wants to see them get crowned which is interesting yeah it's 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 very selfless there's not right you're seeing your prom you're gonna give up your chance to be prom queen right hmm but like yeah i mean it's just it's it's high school and i think like that character kind of knew it and so did uh tommy i mean he's making comments when he's running he's like oh i just got accepted to whatever i made some tournament or whatever for for track and track and field or whatever like they didn't they they didn't seemingly care obviously Mm. But care about what you mean about the prom oh i see yeah. the others really did true right? and yeah. and they were kind of just like you know will uh, but that's just it i didn't see that until literally like the uh the scene at the gym because when she sneaks out or not sneaks out she leaves her family dinner and goes up and then she sees the bucket and there's that whole scene with the gym teacher yeah. catching her glance and being like i don't obviously you're involved in this somehow whatever's about to happen mm-hmm. and she definitely messes up because she gets hauled away and she probably could have saved the situation if she didn't do that the gym teacher oh exactly yeah the gym teacher plays a really big role in this i like how it was like very minimal characters it wasn't a super complicated plot but it worked everything worked together yeah and the fact yeah <coughs> oh, sorry <coughs> i'm still all flammed up if you guys can't tell mm. but anyways yeah so at the dance and then you get that moment that is such a long moment where she's on the stage 
and accepting. You know, she's got the flowers, she's got everything, looks gorgeous. And they really wanted to draw that out, I think. Oh, God. As yeah. the final it's moment. slow mo and the massive smile. And she's illuminated like an angel with yeah. the white dress. And then, of course, that is just all of a sudden cut cut yeah. short and contrasted with the, um, the, the, the blood red. Right. The blood. The blood. Um, and at first it didn't even look like she was that covered. Hey, but I think the special effects people went in and just like covered her after that oh, initial yeah. scene. Yeah. Cause she's just draped in blood, like just, just so soaked good. in it. And then, and then the bucket ends up dropping and falling on Tommy. And like knocks him out. Knocks him out. Yeah. yeah. So you realize that he is an innocent victim too, right. because up until then I, we both thought that he was complicit in the plot mm-hmm. and that he was like this another sociopath that's like, you know, taking her for a long ride the whole night you're with her and you're smiling that cheesy smile. And then, and then you finally realize like, okay, he didn't actually know what was going on. It was just Travolta and Chris that were the main villains. Yeah. Yeah. That was very unfortunate though. And then (laughs) this whole scene with the, the hoses and then the fire and like I get it it's an electrical fire like that's definitely different but I was kind of right. confused at first I was like I didn't quite remember the hoses Me neither. I didn't and I was like wait a second either. I thought she lights this whole building on fire but oh wait yeah let's just wait for it wait for it there it is <laughs> she locks them inside that mm-hmm. that's that's the scene that's that gets me right she walks out with her hands like kind of straight out a little oh. to the side at sort of like a 45 ish degree and, it's beautiful uh, and, then the slams, and then the flames just rise up the ghostly figure oh, descending down the stairs into the black of the night and yeah. you just see her illuminated from behind and all the fire and it's just mm. it's gorgeous i it's, love uh, that moment absolutely mm-hmm. but then we get into the climax with her mother. <laughs> right. Yeah. So of Which, course she comes home. I mean, do you want to touch on anything else like telekinetically from the the prom or or that at all? Are you just re- you're ready to get right into the uh I guess so, right? I mean, obviously she was controlling all those hoses and just aiming them at people and spraying them out of the way and it was like the full fire hose blast of water like super powerful. Let me say there was a moment when because obviously she slammed the doors and then there was a moment where you see um, a shot from outside and there's like the kids are trying to get out right. and there's two two high school kids and they're both trying to get out at the same time mm-hmm. but the doors are open wide enough for one of them to get through. Right. <laughs> so it's like you guys. Like, Idiots. You just go one at a time. Your panic just doesn't work. <laughs> it was pretty I, funny. I think that's the best part about that scene too. The idea of mm-hmm. it just being like put yourself in that situation. Yeah. And the idea of sheer panic, it's very much like the uh, the final scene of Inglorious Bastards. You're trapped just like rats. Just like just rats. Stuck. Yeah, you 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 know you're not getting out. And the scene with Miss Eleanor getting like chopped in half by some crazy <laughs> decor from above. Yeah, it's like yeah. that was pretty I, I kind of felt bad for her because she really did want the best for Carrie. She and did. and she was the one that prompted her to go and was inspiring her and be like, Oh, we'll just give your hair a little curl and mm-hmm. we'll put some lipstick on you and la 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 and right. it'll be great. Yeah. No, not so great. Not so great at all. Was that scene justified to you? Like the killing of Eleanor? Just in general, what, what, you know, what happened to Carrie leading up to that and then what happened in the scene? Like, would you give her a free pass or do you think she deserves to be punished? You know what I mean? Like if you were... Mrs. If, Eleanor specifically? No, 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 Carrie. Oh. I'm talking Carrie because that's some serious homicide <laughs> right there. You know what well, I'm saying? Because she's the victim the entire time you're rooting for her. You're like, mm-hmm. screw all these people. I want to see them burn. It's great. Yeah. But. Of course, all consequences, or sorry, all actions come with consequences. And she never escapes. She's definitely, you know, like, 
in the very right. end, she she never makes it out either, and that's her punishment, I think. And I, I don't think she was ever supposed to survive. Right. Um, even the simple fact that her mother never told her that she is going to become a woman and have her period means that her mother never wanted her to grow up, which means that she was going to sacrifice True. her eventually. <sighs> so thank God Carrie got her vengeance, because if she hadn't, and you know what I mean? But then, yeah, then it wouldn't have been satisfying at all. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But all that leading up to this, I suppose I'm saying, it makes me feel as if there's other forces at work, right? Um, yeah. And you can argue that too in the very end scene of the movie with the destruction of the house. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. then begs the question, it's like, where did she get these powers? Was she born with them? Was she given them? If she Is she being manipulated through something? Did the devil give them to her? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to that then. So she comes home. She comes home and this is a really creepy scene. She's still in that sort of like very poised kind of like stiff posture. She looks like an apparition of sorts, all covered in blood. And you see just this ominous glow emanating from all the windows of the house. She enters to find literally like the entire place just littered with candles everywhere, which is not very smart, but especially with someone with teleconnect abilities, but okay. And uh, I, I honestly, when I remembered seeing this scene years and years ago, I thought her mother attacked her right as soon as she walked in the door. That's what I remembered too. But she actually has the chance to bathe. So we get this other moment of purification. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, the creepy little glimpse of her mom like hiding behind the door oh, as she walks so in. Oh, so freaky. Like, the Get worst. it together. And you know what's interesting too? So Carrie ends up ascending the stairs, going into her private bathroom. And yeah, the mother is standing behind the door um, and Carrie doesn't see her supposedly, but there's a dummy, like a, like, you know, like um, a mannequin standing in front of her mother. But then when Carrie exits the washroom after she's done bathing, the, the mannequin's gone. Weird. And her mother yeah. is seemingly gone, but she's actually just more hidden behind the interesting. door. I didn't yeah. really even notice that. I just noticed them up. I know. And the other thing, too, that I didn't quite remember was Carrie not escaping. I honestly thought that she did survive. And as soon as she gets stabbed by her mom, I was like, wait a second. I thought she prevented the stabbing. Like, And her mother ends up stabbing herself. But no. Right. Her mother just ends up getting impaled by multiple kitchen instruments and strung up like Jesus. Yeah. Another religious symbolic moment. Yes. Oh, another one I missed too is when Carrie first walked into the house and she's like kind of like looking for her mother. She goes through every room. She goes into the dining room and that's when you see the last supper has been ripped off the wall. Right. It's just like hanging in tatters. So that's very symbolic too. Her mother has definitely come to this, this climactic moment of realization where she's like, mm. Oh, there's George. Oh, there's Georgie down Hi, in the buddy. corner there. Hey, pal. Making noise. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. yeah, no, you're totally right. And this is where it kind of confused me, though, at the end. Because with the mom, she's been this crazy, crazy person this entire time. She's throwing out these references to the devil. And we start to kind of maybe think that there's something going on beyond just Carrie being born with these abilities. There's maybe something going on here because, yeah, she gets stabbed. She gets, she gets impaled by various different kitchen utensils and knives and uh, very much like Jesus on the cross. But in this moment, she <coughs> lets out basically like this orgasmic release. She's literally like, mm-hmm. like gasping as if it's like the most like, like best feeling she's ever had in her life. It doesn't sound like you're getting stabbed. So much pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to me, that sounds like it's something that she has been waiting for, like that she that that, that she was not in control of herself, that there was yeah. maybe some sort of demonic entity or something controlling her, and that was a release. And then she's kind of half smiling with her head cocked down to the side when she's dead. It is kind of the classic moment where 
the, yeah, the parent is slain by the child. You know what I mean? And like, and that is, it is a huge release for her because I think either she knew that she had to die or Carrie had to die or both. Or is the smiling and the, the happiness, not that of the mom feeling a release, but of whatever is, whatever that is not her mom happy with the result of the child finally finishing the job. Right. Almost like a rite of passage. For something evil, in yeah. a sense. Or not, e- yeah, something, yeah, something dark, obviously. Mm-hmm. This is sort of mm-hmm. me just, I think, vibing a little bit off of what, having watched like Ouija recently in some films like this, where there are these demonic entities that aren't, aren't of this earth, the elementals, if you will, mm-hmm. that do have, that can take control. Well, but even, yeah, that is a really good point, Andrew, because of the very state of, just despair and negativity that surrounds this household and how Awful. Carrie has just been abused and battered and conditioned highly by her mother right. to the extent that she has to rebel. And, and and religion is supposed to be a form of salvation, not something that's that's the source of the oppression, mm-hmm. right? And that's what it is in this house. Well, <laughs> well I mean, like in, in, in an individual's life. True. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about a mass. I'm not talking yeah. about the church oppressing well, or whatever, right? I'm talking about yeah. an individual who decides to believe in something. It's typically to, for self-betterment. Like, yeah. maybe you're still acknowledging your sins, and that's a negative thing. Whatever. You can, I'm not going to go working past there, them. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, typically the household, even if you are a massive, massive, like, crazy, pious person, isn't going to go this way. True. And it's funny because even like um, Mrs. White, when she goes over to Sue Snell, like the popular girl's house and talks to her mother and was, this is the very beginning of the movie when she's like, I hope you find Jesus because the mom just wants to give her a little donation and get her out the door kind of thing. And she's just like, I see how it is. (laughs) And it's like, hmm, okay, Mm. well, yep. Be on your merry way there, lady. Let me live my life in peace. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yes. We're getting down to the end of it. Hey, because we get this, the final scene, Carrie removes her mother from her cross-like stance in the doorway and then you get this eruption in the house it basically starts to kind of cave in on itself and there's Mm -hmm. holes being smashed in the ceiling and all sorts of craziness and then carrie she ends up getting knocked out in the end and you just see disco jesus's eyes just burning in the flames and he's just like wide-eyed watching it all Maybe it was Disco Jesus. We're getting into a poltergeist episode like, coming a, up, so maybe, yeah. maybe there was a poltergeist this That honestly does kind of sound like that type of thing. It's a very similar f- ending to Poltergeist in the mm-hmm. 1980s, where the house essentially impl- implodes in on itself, except this time without a cemetery beneath it. Sorry to ruin yeah. that, everyone. It's been well, out for a there, long time. There, it becomes a cemetery in a sense, if you think about well, it. at the very end. Absolutely. What, Carrie and her mom it? are both cremated in the flames. Right. Yeah. But it's like, why does that happen? That sort of proves what we've been talking about this whole time, that there, it's not just, it wasn't, unless you want to go along the lines of thought that this was just the manifestation of all of her telekinetic powers at once. She's in this massive state of like hysteria and just like sorrow and whatever. Like her mom's dead. She's freaking out. She just had this incident at the prom. She doesn't even know what the hell is going on. And all of that energy causes the house to implode. That makes sense. But then it's like, that's also very specific too. It's like, she would have to be, wouldn't you figure that out halfway through that happening and be like, wait a second, I should just like whew, take a deep breath mm, and stop I, I pulling the roof in on myself here. I don't think she really has that much control. Well, she had control over the car that was about to mow her down when John Travolta mm-hmm. and what's her, what's her face was coming at her. And she looked back and was just like, what's up? And yeah. Scooty Puff Jr. did But your mom just stabbed you and you just killed your mom. Hmm. Well, 
I don't think I'm you're in a saying, state where you can seemed, control your emotions. She seemed leading up to all this had I'm not saying emotions, I'm saying powers and she well, clearly her had powers control, are connected to her emotions. But she clearly had control over them at the prom. Was she not in a state of anxiety there? She closed she all the doors. She was in a she state of fury. Controlling focused fire hoses. fury. Did you not like the expression on her face versus the expression when she's dealing with her mother, right? Like I'm, it's I I get what you're saying. I'm just saying it's a bit of a leap to fully I don't even know like I guess it makes sense let's roll with that she she collapsed the house in on herself in a state of abject hysteria without an understanding what she was doing yeah I don't know sure yes the, only other, an the only other alternative would be yeah that there's a, other forces at work here whether you want to as, a, ascribe the term devil to it and have the religious connotation or whatever i think honestly the devil is more of a side note it's it's the perception on the part of her mother of something a power that she can't understand yeah of course and i don't think it's even remotely connected to religion i think it's literally a girl and she is transforming right she's coming into her womanhood and she's also having these powers kind of whether any supernatural force is connected to religion is just based on your opinion and context in any instance Hmm. But, I mean, clearly there's... I don't even know. To me, there's something else going on here. And that's All why right. her mom is so messed up. Andrew thinks there's something else. Mm, I think it's very interesting. Side, eh? mm. I don't know. <laughs> Where else do you want to take this conversation? I want to get to the end of the movie. Because uh, <laughs> I think this is a really interesting scene, right? Because you get Sue. Sue is the only survivor, mm-hmm. miraculously. Because right. she's in the gym, but she's tossed out right before Carrie decides that she's going to um, close the doors lock the doors but she survives to see the light of morning wakes up very angelic like you know on her in her bed in her pillow and uh, her mom is you know on the phone in the next room it rings and she's like i can't take another reporter like i didn't let her go to the funerals and la 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 and then you see this image of sue very angelic like in a long dress carrying flowers to carrie's grave she passes by all of the other graves and goes right to the foundation of what was once Carrie's house. Mm-hmm. And you have the for sale sign um, and the sign of a cross. And then you also right. have Carrie White burns in hell with an arrow pointing down, um, which is very that? interesting. I know, right? Well, no one, because it's just a dream that she's having. I know, but like in her mind, who would have written that? I don't know. It's weird. It's her subconscious. Mm. But yeah, no. And then you get the hand grabbing her. And she's forever going to be haunted by this, which is kind of ironic. If anyone, it should have been Chris being forever haunted. But I don't think Chris deserved to live, obviously. Like and that's kind of another thing. Of course. No, um, no, of course not. But you know, it's funny, right? Because Sue probably had the best intentions besides Mrs. Eleanor. Like Mrs. Eleanor and Sue, I guess, kind of. And Tommy. And Tommy, yeah. But, he did all um, the work. He had the best intentions out of any of them. True. Yeah, that's very true. And I just, I, I want to know, it's almost like a very similar thing in my mind to that other classic, uh, oh, not The Omen. Ooh. Oh, what's that one where, oh, it's slipping my mind. It's basically where a girl, she has some Rose sort of, Mary. not Rosemary Baby. <laughs> Not the omen, not it's another girl, and she ends up in like it's a whole series, not mm. psycho. Anyways, whatever, I'm mm. totally blanking. Mm. But again, haunted forever, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy stuff. Even mm-hmm. though she yeah, she, you're you're totally right. She absolutely just doesn't deserve it. And it's uh it's unfortunate. And you'd like to think that like Carrie that's now passed on would maybe be able to recognize that. These people were trying mm-hmm. to help me, but in that state that she was in there was no coming back and it was all just based off of humiliation like if the room was half empty at the prom and she got covered in blood maybe it wouldn't have happened yeah she just has that ringing in her head they're all going to laugh at you and And it just just keeps repeating repeating repeating. 
her I mother's voice. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Very sad. You yeah. pulled up some. Um, we've mentioned a few things, but you you had some interesting trivia. Yeah. To kind of end it off here. I like this because I've I've read um, Stephen King's like memoir on writing, um, and he he does talk about Carrie because this was his first commercial success. Like we already mentioned, um, he didn't even have faith in it. It was his wife that eventually like she retrieved it out of the waste paper basket. It was like this is something you need, she need to submit this, and he did, and he ended up getting it published. He got about twenty five hundred dollars for the film rights. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> Which he doesn't right? regret at all. No, and um, it it's very cool because obvi- the inspiration for Carrie comes from real people. Um, Stephen King does that a lot. Uh, same with Steven Spielberg. I feel like they both kind of do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, this is interesting. Two high school girls were the original inspiration for Carrie. They, of, of course, they were bullied, teased. There was one. This is a quote here. One was singled out because she wore the same clothes to school every day and was taunted by classmates. I have a very. This is from Stephen King. I have a very clear memory of the day she came to school with a new outfit she'd bought herself. She changed the black skirt and white blouse, which was all anyone had ever seen her in, for a bright colored checkered blouse with puffy sleeves and a skirt that was very fashionable at the time and everyone made worse fun of her because nobody wanted to see her change the mold which i can totally relate to there were so many people in high like in you know in your elementary school whatever and like they're like you've already like typecast them and when they try and break out of that you're like oh no 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 right <laughs> no no skipping ranks here totally which is kind of just a total mean girls thing but you know it's so funny looking back it's the hardest thing to yeah. convey to a high school student to just to say how just don't meanless and stupid and unimportant this is you'll yeah. forget all of it but it's it your whole reality years. yeah it's your whole reality at the time and it's Sad. just so nothing the, <laughs> there was another one too though actually um this was another girl that was an introvert who suffered from epilepsy so i feel like this was kind of the blueprint for carrie's personality maybe <coughs> sorry ah. and um they also uh, this girl had a fundamentalist mother who kept an enormous crucifix hanging in the living room wall hmm Interestingly enough, by the time King was writing this, they were both dead. One was deceased from, uh, I think it was a seizure, the the one with epilepsy. The mm-hmm. other one had, uh, she shot herself, uh, postpartum depression. Crazy. That's yeah. too bad. Well, I mean, it's a very, I'm no, no wonder that they inspired him to do this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, and I'm sure there was a lot of people going to the theaters who watched this in the 1970s and thought to themselves, I should be nicer. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like the classic Dane Cook line with like being nice to the guy and then he comes in with a sawed off shotgun and if you gave him a chocolate bar at the office, he's probably going to say, leave you alone. <laughs> should probably be nicer to people. You never know who has telekinetic powers. Yeah. Going back to the whole idea that this was perceived as almost like a comedy to some degree by the cast, um, the, the woman that played Chris, Nancy Allen, she actually claimed that she never realized her character was so evil until she watched the whole film, like the completed version. Right. And she yeah. actually just thought of her and Travolta's characters as almost like bumbling, like moronic fools that are just kind of like comic relief. And then yeah. also, uh, you already mentioned this one, Piper Laurie, the one that plays the mother. She thought her character was so outrageous. She was literally bursting into laughter at the end of every take. Yeah. And the director had to take her aside and be like, this is actually a horror movie. It's not a dark comedy. And she was just right. like, this is outrageous. Like, what? It's kind of funny, though. It's like, if it wasn't for such the dark, like such dark themes with Carrie herself, it being a 1976 movie, this easily could be a dark comedy now. You know how yeah. like movies morph into that, like older horror movies, but the themes are still so it, like the idea of the monstrous feminine and like the the, the juxtaposition of re- religion mm-hmm. and these weird powers and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, brings whatever. a little bit of darkness. It kind of reminds me of Teeth. Very much so. Because mm-hmm. yeah. again, playing on uh, themes of female 
genitalia. <laughs> well, just the just changing body. Womanhood. Right? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, the idea of it being not okay, which is very much what her mom is preaching. <laughs> yeah. And it's just obviously another form of like male control throughout history, um, which then this mom and very much like the mom and the witch, very similar, um, obviously way, way, way older in history. So it makes a little bit more sense for mm-hmm. that mom to be a little crazier. Go back and listen to that film Friday. I think it was our first ever film Friday, The Witch. I think so. But um, yeah. And yeah. it's so weird seeing that mom play different roles now in other movies we've watched. I'm like, yeah. what the heck well, is Well, I mean, you? in Game of Thrones. Yeah, totally in Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't last, last very long. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, but um, and the other thing was a Travolta baby. Yeah. Good old Travolta. And I, we were looking at him being like, man, was this before Greece? He looks young, like mm-hmm. really young. And, and of course, it, sure enough, it's his first first big, big, uh, big movie. So funny. Yeah. He's such a goof in that oh, one, too. Oh, man. He plays just a – you know what? Him compared to um, Chris kind of is just that country bumpkin. He's got yeah. that accent. He makes the comment to her in the car being like, "Why? I know why you like me. Like, because I'm a moron, basically, right? Like, I'm just <laughs> the, the idiot with the, with the nice car, like the dumb jock, basically, or yeah. whatever. He kind of did play that role where she was just like straight crazy. Anyway, any final thoughts on this movie? I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was a great little ride. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen the other one that came out, the remake. Maybe we should watch that one. I think we should. Probably a lot darker. I always love the originals though too. Yeah, Sissy Spacek is just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Like, I'm really glad that she got the role because initially there was someone else cast for it. And the only reason she ever got an audition was because her her husband, I think his name was Bob Fisk or something like that. He was the art director of the film. Uh, and he was promised that she could audition, even though they already had a cast member picked out for that right. role. And then she actually went in wearing um, a really old gown that she hadn't worn in years from her high school days, I think. And she slicked her hair back with Vaseline and went and did the audition. And then after the audition, um, she was waiting in the car and her husband came out to her, told her she had the part and they got in the car and ripped away before anyone could change their mind. <laughs> that's and that's how she got the role. Wow. But yeah, you did mention this. Um, they were doing simultaneous castings for Star Wars at the same time yeah. as this movie. Yeah. Um, several, like, uh, what's her name? Irving, the one that plays Sue Snell. She was actually considered for Princess Leia. Yeah. And, um, and Tommy too, his, whatever his actual name is, um, mm. Cat, he uh, he was also considered for a role as well. They they all auditioned, and same with Russell Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Russell, <laughs> or sorry, Kurt Russell, <laughs> Russell Kurt, Kurt yeah, Russell. That's yeah. so funny because I had no idea. Yeah. You know, it's funny the guy who plays Tommy. He actually would have made a great Luke Skywalker. He looks he a lot like Luke. Yeah, in those early films. Right? I think yeah, and yeah, I think he he's, made fine. he's more handsome too than Mark Hamill. Bit. I think that's maybe why they went with Hamill though. He had that weird look. True. I don't know. Lucky guy. If yeah. it wasn't for that role, he probably wouldn't have done, done a whole lot. I wonder. <laughs> but anyway, but, that yeah. is Carrie. That's Carrie for you guys. We want to know what you think. So obviously get at us at into the portal uh, mailbox at gmail.com or just hit us up on the forum. Uh, yeah. We love to chat. So yeah. Yeah. So it's at into the portal uh, podcast on Facebook and that's where you can get to the forum at into the portal podcast on Instagram. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our network straight up strange. So you can uh, get to all those shows and our brand new blog, the strange times yeah. on straight up strange.com. Straight time. As well, we have this uh, awesome pumpkin carving contest we've mentioned a few times to you guys already. And all you have to do is follow our 
uh, follow our Strange Pods network. So it's at Strange Pods on Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you guys kind of like follow your podcasts and uh, post a picture of your jack-o'-lantern tagging us in it. And we have a really sweet prize pack with some retro comics, some stickers, some Canadian Halloween candy, and some other really cool stuff from shows on the oh, network. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And uh, stay tuned for more Halloween awesomeness coming your way from Into the Portal. Your gateway to the bizarre. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.